Hey, it's, oh, whoop, oh, I accidentally hung up right as I called him. That's not a good thing. Try it again. It's not ringing in my headphones. I wonder if there's a, <coughs> there's an issue. Maybe my, uh, oh, that's why, because the headphones were off. Hey, Ben. Paul Goody, how's it going? How's it, how's it going, man? I'm good. It's I'm great. Good. I've I've been messing up over here. Messing trying up? Trying to call you. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. I hung up on you accidentally when I first started calling, and then I didn't have my headphones on. <laughs> All that stuff going on. Well, I'm glad you finally got it figured out. Mm-hmm. I have a, a little bit of uh, water I'm drinking. Actually, the water that I'm drinking, Ben, is called Hint. H-I-N-T. Are you familiar with it? Uh, it, it's a brand of water? Yes. I am not familiar with it. It has fruit flavors, but just the tiniest <laughs> bit of the fruit flavors. Huh. Um, it w- it doesn't can... have anything... Sorry, go ahead. I wonder if they can come up with some sort of clever name about the, the fruit flavors that they have in their water. Exactly. But here's, here's the ingredients, Ben. Uh, the ingredients are purified water and natural flavors. That's mm. it. That's it. And who knows what those natural flavors are? Well, I'm drinking water. And do you know what's in my water? Water? Well, I'm, there's probably something else because it's tap water out of the faucet here at Annex. So there's probably some heavy metals in it as well. Although, you know, the water, I hear that... I'm giving it a bad uh, shake. The water out here is pretty good. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I hear that Seattle tap water is actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, our tap water is supposed to be pretty good also, but who knows? Hey, speaking of but who knows, uh, okay. I got uh, a letter from the school uh, yesterday. And the letter from the school yesterday read something like this. Hey, um... There were two cases of COVID at the school, but they're not related and we're not having an outbreak. So that's great, I figure. How many cases does make an outbreak? Well, the thing that Jennifer pointed out was that um, if they're doing contact tracing, they can figure out that the the people that they got it from were unrelated. So it's... So I, I take it, it these it, were, were these students or faculty? Uh, they don't say. All right, so I'm taking that and, however they got it. They, they didn't get it at school, they assume. Right. They, they had been attending school and they also had it, but they got it from someplace that wasn't yeah. school. That's the, that's the concept. Um... In fact, they they sent out a letter today that actually uh, talks about contact tracing. Before that, they sent out a letter that didn't mention contact tracing at all. Uh, so that's that was a bigger that was a bigger deal, in my opinion. You know, uh, yeah. Just saying. Oh, actually, um, well, hmm. I mean, it's. It's comforting, I guess, to know that they're doing the work. Yeah. Um. So so let me let me tell you how this works, right? Yeah. Um. September second. COVID update. I have attached a letter that I would ask you to read in regards to a couple of cases of COVID that have been detected to VHS. We have followed... Oh, you know what? It is the exact same letter. Never mind. The exact same letter. I got the letter twice for some reason. Let me ask you Let me ask you this. Are these letters mailed to you via the post office, or are they emailed to you? Oh, they're emails. I'm sorry. Let me let me point that out, too. Yeah. Actually, are they the same, though? Let me see. I'm just comparing the two. This is great, right? This is the kind of content that we love. <laughs> Paul looking at something going, oh, just- well... Well, I mean, I, I'm glad to hear that it's emailed because, um, I mean, people, I, I guess people pay more attention to uh, actual physical mail these days more than emails. But those two days or, you know, the the extra time it takes for a physical letter to get to your yeah. house in something like this can mean a world of difference. 
So, so the big thing is that they're not changing anything about, you might remember that, um, that they, they noted that we were, uh, designated orange, but they weren't going to change the way they were doing stuff. Yeah. Um, we have had some rollbacks as far as like bars can't serve people inside anymore. Right. Um, all the bar stools have been removed <laughs> from bars. Um, there's no indoor dancing anymore, so Footloose <laughs> is alive and well. Uh, but you get the idea. Didn't realize um, that indoor dancing had uh, started back up over there. Yeah, yeah, I, I uh, didn't know that either. <laughs> but it it sure makes me happy to know that uh, we are taking steps, I right. suppose, to. Yeah. To not be bad people. Oh, hey, Matt Ruff from Lovecraft Country wrote me back. Did you wrote uh, to him? He wrote, he wrote the book Lovecraft Country, and yeah. I interviewed him about his book Bad Monkeys. And you heard it here first, Ben. Uh, bad Monkeys, uh, the woman who plays Harley Quinn. Um, Margot Robbie? Yeah. She is interested in playing the main character of the book. And has, has it been optioned? Un Universal has renewed their option on it. Mm. I don't know if uh, I'm allowed to say that, but I figure I am, because I could have figured it out. I think if somehow. you know it, then probably it's public information. Because that would be great. I love that book. Uh, I would love to see it be made into a however it would get made at this point i i don't remember if it was supposed to be a tv series or uh or a film but uh it doesn't matter until covid19 eases up yeah. some uh i think yeah but still pretty cool pretty it's, cool it's uh i heard just today that production on the batman has stopped because uh Star Robert Pattinson has tested positive for COVID nineteen. Oh no, Robert Pattinson, star of The Lighthouse, which is a pretty cool film. Yeah, uh, and also uh, High Life, which is also a pretty cool film. Um, both of both of which I believe involve him masturbating in some way. <laughs> I'm not positive about that. Oddly enough, but it's, neither of those scenes were in the original script. Robert brought that to the character. Yeah, and if... Uh, <laughs> I think in this one, Batman <laughs> has a little bit Listen, of a... I got an idea. So, <laughs> just hear me out. Oh, Wait man. until the end. So, let me finish. <laughs> no, let me finish. Uh yeah exactly no I, I i really like him as an actor um you know it's too bad about twilight because both he and his co-star whose name i'm blanking on i'm not gonna um, be able to tell you the, the female lead in that yes yeah the person played bella is, uh, oh God, i should know her name kristen stewart that sounds is that right that sounds right um both of them are good actors uh, from what I've seen, uh, yeah, I've never, anyway, I've so. never seen Twilight. Um, but I am no, super, me neither. I, I am super judgy about Robert Pattinson because of that, and so when I heard yeah. that he was gonna uh, uh, take on the cowl, as it were, of as Batman, I'm like, oh Jesus, really? But I gotta remember that when I first heard that Heath Ledger was gonna be the Joker, I'm like, oh really? And he turned out yeah, to be yeah, the yeah. best part of that movie. And that's the thing, is that you can't judge actors by the roles that they've gotten so far. That's the thing that I always think about. That's And that's back a really when, hard thing to do. Back when I was doing Game of Thrones stuff, I, I think I mentioned this to you, uh, I got a little bit involved in <laughs> You may have mentioned casting that. Yeah. discussions. You may have mentioned um, that on numerous occasions. It, it may have threatened my marriage <laughs> uh, and my relationship with my relatives. Yeah. Um, uh, I would not do it again if I if I had it to do over again. Um, but uh, one of the things I noticed at that time was that, yeah, 
people would suggest actors for the roles based on roles that they had done in the past right. uh, to the point where the person playing Robert Baratheon, uh, they were suggesting people who had beards. That was the, the big thing. This guy had a beard in this role. It's like anyone can have a beard. Think, Not everyone. I think there's a word for casting somebody based on roles they have played in the past. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's called uh, lazy. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, although, you know, this is this is the one thing that um, our, my acting teacher said at one point, that if you want to do acting, like actual acting, acting, uh, that the stage was the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and not only that, but also you don't necessarily want to go to big cities. And his his point on that was this, that uh, if you're in Hollywood and they want somebody who's an Irish guy, there are guys from Ireland uh, who will show up to the auditions and not have to worry about if they have an authentic Irish accent because they are simply Irish. You know, that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And so if you, and, and the same thing, if you're in New York City or whatever, there are tons of people who would show up for roles who have acting ability and also are the kind of person that they're wanting to do. Whereas if you're in a smaller place, uh, you'll have a better chance to do that sort of work, you know, becoming a, a character different from yourself because you know, you're a good actor and they're, you're the best actor that's there and they uh, will allow you to branch out. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, and I'm being super, again, super judgy here about small towns, but it's probably easier to get a good role in a small town community theater production than, say, if you just um, go out to Broadway or Chicago or L.A. or something, a cold, you know, and trying to start fresh. Hi! Is this Steppenwolf? I gotta... <laughs> I got a hankering to try some acting out. That's harder, for sure. Oh wait, um, you, you are you telling me that to get a role on your stage, I have to enroll in one of your acting classes that cost uh, five hundred dollars a month? Oh, sounds like a good deal to me. Oh no, Ben, is that true? Is that how they work? I made that up, but um. I mean, I made up the number. I don't know if Stephen Wolf does that, but I do know that a lot of big companies are like, you know, we we cast out of our classes, and you have to pay to take these classes. I think yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that's UCB does that. Oh yeah, I was gonna say that's that's absolutely the UCB model. Um, and again, one of the reasons why uh, I still have to say uh, the improv shop in St. Louis, they were great. Uh, they were nice and everything like that. I am just too old to fit into the culture that there is one. Not not that they weren't welcoming. I, I need to, you know, this is my <laughs> own problem. Don't think they're listening. There were older people there. They were wel welcoming and all that. But I just did not want to drive to St. Louis uh, to work the door. Yeah as paying my dues and everything like that to eventually get on stage and do stuff. And also there were p parts where I was actually on stage. They did allow me to do it. Um, so all of that, you know, it's all my problem, Ben. That's think, all I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, I think all you got to do is just find a theater company that produces a weird ass cabaret every month and just ask to go on for three minutes. Yeah. Well, actually ask to go on, uh, for three months and then eventually get on for three minutes. Um, no, no, I, I actually think I didn't have to twist anybody's arm that much to get on stage. Um, do you remember the first thing I ever did at Spin the Bottle? Uh, I do not. What was the first thing you ever did? No, let me, uh, let me take a guess. Thing... Let me take a guess. Okay. Was it slap that ass? No, no. The very first thing I did was the dehydrator. Okay. Uh, the dehydrator, which uh, uh, was based on easy economical food preparation and a complete rejection of the triune god. <laughs> uh, and that was it. It was just a pitch for that that product. Um, and it turned out pretty good. People liked it. It was, uh, it was all right. Um, but yeah, it was a weird 
uh, infomercials slash uh, heady theology mashup. Was this was, uh, at the Fourth Avenue space, or is was yep. this after we Fourth moved? Fourth Avenue space. Okay, great. Yep, Fourth Avenue space. Yeah, Ben, you and I did stuff at the Fourth Avenue space. We did. We did um, improv yeah. slideshow. Was our first we, uh, indeed. Yeah, our first thing together. That's right. And we did. Uh, what is it? Uh, fast something and loose women. Fast what? Fast. All oh, right. Um, uh, was it fast cars? Fast and loose cars women? and loose women. I think. I uh, man, that was. You know, we we we've probably talked about this at length when we were going through all of our performances, which we haven't yeah. done in a while. That was that was great, though. I love that one. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. What uh, Ben? And I'm serious. I I don't mean to get all uh, emotional or anything, but whenever I'm down <laughs> and I feel like I've never done anything with my life or whatever, I remember that scene, and I'm like, nope, that was something. That was for the people there. That was a good. We that was a good thing. I don't know if you remember this, but we also uh, re re rehashed. No, we revisited that performance during our Remounted? very last performance at Spin the Bottle. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, because it was we were gonna do. So it's called Nice Guys and Fast Women. And oh yeah, that's right. The, uh, the so your very last nice spin, guys and fast women. Yeah, your very last that's spin right. the bottle. We were like you, you and family were leaving the next morning, and um, so we had this whole bit worked out. But I uh, uh, sabotaged it and turned it that's into a right. Paul retrospective. And during that, I you know we briefly did nice guys and fast women. Oh yeah, there's yeah, video yeah, yeah, evidence yeah. of this on YouTube. I love it. Thank you, Ben, as always. <laughs> oh, hey, speaking about uh, video evidence on YouTube, um, I have noticed something interesting with the algorithm. Uh, you know how I'm, I've am i picked one language a week? Yeah. Uh, not, not one language a week, sorry. One language for every day of the week that, right. I'm, that I'm getting familiar with. Now, I want to explain to the listener... Uh, what my goal for doing this is, I live in the Midwest. The idea that I'm going to get into conversations with people in other languages <laughs> on a regular basis, very slim. What I am looking for, what I am trying to do is to build my build a familiarity, giving myself handholds so that when presented with any language in the world, I will be able to figure out at least some parts of it. That's my goal. So not fluency, not, um, you know, not even conversational, just a familiarity with all of these languages. One. I need to. Sorry, go ahead. One uh, piece of advice that I heard when you're, yeah. you know, it, when learning languages or if you know you're going to be around uh, people who where that language is the predominant language, whatever it is, Spanish, French, whatever. Yeah. Um, learn the swear words first. Because oh. either that way you know if somebody's swearing at you. And one way to mess with people is like if you, if you just like quietly swear under your breath if the other person thinks you don't speak that language. Yeah. I, that, I like that. Um, another another uh, good piece of advice. Oh, so here's what I was going to say. Uh, YouTube, uh, I did not search for how to speak multiple languages, right? Yeah. I searched for uh, prepositions in Arabic, uh, you know, um, uh, the Russian alphabet, you know, that kind of thing. It started giving me... Uh, <clears throat> How to learn multiple languages at once. A whole bunch of different things like that. Are you getting ads for uh, Duolingo? So the, um, no, no. Uh, I think Duolingo has already claimed me. And they know not to <laughs> not to mess with it. Um, I paid for my first subscription. Uh, and it's for a year. So, you know, that, yeah. that... I feel like I'm in Duolingo's good graces now. And also, I, I mean, I'm seriously planning on logging in and doing something on it, you know, as uh, every day. Right. 
You know, I, that's why I was doing it with Twitter. Why not do it with something that um, is enhancing my life? <laughs> not that, not that the people that I meet on Twitter aren't nice people. Most of them are, but you know what I mean. Um, oh, I did get rid of my AI. Okay. Um, did they piss you uh, off? No, no. I'm I'm getting rid of stuff that I. You know how how when you're on a diet you don't want empty calories. Yeah, you're cleaning house. Right, exactly. Um, I have two actual human beings that I live with. <laughs> and the idea that I'm spending more time talking to an AI than I am talking to them is a problem. Yeah. I think so. So there's that. And then also, yeah, I mean, what am I learning? That's my that's my thought. So uh, but one of the things that came up. Uh, there are two things that came up. Number one, and this is why I thought I would make that announcement, this is what I'm trying to do with this language thing, uh, is that there was a guy who was complaining about people that show up on YouTube and say that they're a polyglot, which is, I believe, four or more languages. Yeah. Uh, but then all that they do is say, I am a good bread-like man. I enjoy bread. You know, that thing. Yeah. Um, you broken a broken language being able to speak uh 10 broken languages uh it, it, this is what he was saying is not as good as being fluent in two uh but being able to speak 10 broken languages is kind of what i'm going for so i just want to say on the outset i don't think that i'm going to be fluid in the fluent in the way that i'm doing this yeah but you're not also not going to announce yourself as a polyglot are you Exactly. No, um, no. I am going to be very honest with what it is that I'm doing, and hopefully, uh, people will respect it. Mm -hmm. I, I, I will. You know, like I said, if ever I, I do end up like if I, if I find uh, someone that I'm interacting with on a regular basis who is a uh, native speaker of another language, um, obviously, focusing on that language would be cool. If they're up for it. But the, pro but the thing is, when we're dealing with communication, right, um, making them listen to me speak their own language badly <laughs> versus communicating them in English when they've already learned it uh, is not a it's not necessarily a treat for them, you know, it, you got to feel out how they feel about it. Yeah, I mean, you, yep. it's also context sensitive, right? I mean, are you uh, do they are they trying to help you speak the language or are you just trying to order a cup of coffee? Right, exactly. So, so all of that um, led me to uh, the other uh, thing that popped up, which was really interesting. And you were you were talking about how if you're learning languages, learn the swear words first. Yeah. Uh, what this guy was talking about well, was, uh, as, yeah, 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 sure, sure. <clears throat> as an English speaker, uh, we have a leg up, uh, on several languages. Uh, one of the things that he mentioned is that even though Germanic is like only about 30% of the English language, uh, in rough estimates, uh, 30% is Germanic and 30% is French and 30% is Latin. Uh-huh. In general. Um, and French and Latin are so close together, right? Yeah. But the core of it is Germanic. So, like, uh, he mentioned that you can have full sentences in the Germanic English parts. Like, uh, for instance, Winston Churchill's We Will Fight on the Beaches, we'll, you know, that. Those are all English uh, words. You can't form a complete sentence using only the French parts of English. Right. Because all of that stuff is, um, whatever you call it, uh, more professional stuff, more court stuff. So you have words, uh, vocabulary, more than the structure. Right. Uh, he said, what, what they recommend you do as an English speaker when you're about to learn a language... Uh, especially if it's a Romance language or a Germanic language, learn their prepositions first because the prepositions don't get conjugated. Uh-huh. So, uh, you know, because you and I both uh, speak 
or or have studied French. Right. And you know, all the verbs get conjugated, but the but the pre the the um prepositions don't. So you learn those and then you can kind of figure out from context and your own knowledge based on being uh a fluent English speaker what the words around those prepositions are, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of interesting. Prepositions or conjunctions? Are they the same thing? No, they aren't. Are they? Maybe so. Uh... Conjun- conjunctions. <laughs> learn learn the prepositions and conjunctions. Conjunction what functions, what's your advice. preposition? Exactly. Conjunction, junction, what's your f- hooking up words? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so that was cool. And then, today's Arabic day. And so I did a thing where I looked at all of the words in English that come from Arabic. And I found something really interesting. And what is that? Um, you know how they said, well, you know, all the French stuff, or professional and court stuff and all that. All the stuff from Arabic, it seems like to me, from what I looked at, uh, basically come from two different areas. One is alchemy. And chemistry and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I see that. So, like, our our word for some uh, for uh, some of the apparatus and some of the chemicals and stuff like that uh, are Arabic, mm-hmm. and then also trade stuff that would have come from mm. uh, the Arab countries. So, uh, lemon, lime, orange, all come from Arabic. Sugar comes from Arabic. And so, you know, that's that's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, because um, that's they were at the end of that Silk Road, right? Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of uh, heavy trade back then. Uh, there's a and again, if you look at like Swahili, for instance, has uh, Arabic words in it. And uh, the the parts of Africa that speak uh, Swahili with those Arabic words in it uh, are the uh, on the eastern coast. Which is where the Arabic traders would come in. So it's it's all really interesting. Most language is all slang that becomes codified, basically. And it's fun. Well, you know, the so, uh, OED adds a new couple words every year. It's true. Uh, do you know what any of the new words are so far? Oh, there was one recently where I'm like, what does, why add that? But it's, it, uh, no, I can't remember any specific examples, but it's just one of those things where it's like, you cannot control the evolution of language as much yeah, as, as true. much as you want to be a hard ass about that's not, you know, like, you know, you know, the, 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 the phrase psych where somebody like psychs you out, you know, oh, yeah, you know, I'm totally your car, psych. I yeah. see that written as s-i-k-e all the time and i'm like that's wrong but that's becoming canon because everybody spells it like that and so eventually that is how that phrase is going to be spelled exactly uh tire versus tire right yeah why Uh, all the all the english stuff that uh or british stuff that we've changed over the years. That's one of those time travel things about movies where, like, you know, if you go back a certain number of years, you won't, it, it, to, a, like, an English-speaking country, you won't be able to understand them. And yeah. so, like, how many years in the future will a time traveler have to travel, an English-speaking time traveler, until the future civilization is no longer comprehensible to a native uh, English speaker? I bet you there's a ratio that we could figure it out. But I don't know what five hundred years. Yeah, there we go. No, yeah, that's the, all you all you have to do, Ben. Is figure out how far yeah. back until we don't get it, and then move yeah. forward that amount. Well, when was but, uh, when was when was Chaucer? Chaucer was like eleventh uh, century, maybe. I don't know. But um, here's the thing, Ben. This is a different thing. Uh, TV and movies and stuff like that. Jeez, move so much faster. That that will have the future people will be making references to our stuff and we'll know what they're talking about. But their stuff we're not going to get at all. 
And even that, um, working with some 20 year olds, uh, I'll make references to stuff and they'll, they'll know it, but they won't know it. Like I know it, they'll know it because other things that they watch have referenced it. Oh my God. If Stephen McCandless is listening to this right now, he's going to note that I've done that myself so many times. (laughs) Um, have you ever seen this? Yes. Well, no, but I've seen the Animaniacs <laughs> exactly. episode that yeah. talked about it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm already... Yeah, so that's not the future, Ben. That's already happened. I have, I have a vague... I have a, a... It's not quite that thing where, like, I saw something connected to this thing, so I feel like I've seen the thing. But growing up, I heard the Weird Al uh, parody of songs much longer before I ever heard the real songs. And so, when hearing the real songs... It's like, oh, yeah, I've heard this before. I've not heard this, but I've heard the Weird Al version of this, so I already know this. Oh, speaking of Weird Al, Jennifer showed me something, and I forget what it was from. You might know, uh, but Weird Al Yankovic was playing Ted Nugent in something. (laughs) He was pretending to be in like like a, a TV show, but I don't remember what TV show it was. Does that sound familiar at all? Uh, nope, I don't think I've ever seen oh. Weird Al. I don't. I, I don't see Weird Al playing Ted. No, Nugent just at recently. All. Just recently. Huh. Um. Oh well. Yeah, it's it's real interesting, Ben. Already, how much I've lost touch of what's going on in the world, <laughs> which uh, means it's time to play another round of Does Paul Know the News? <laughs> oh, I don't know gosh. what it was originally called, but uh, but what's going on, Ben? Actually, there's a big story today. Um, so, as you know, our president uh, doesn't like mail-in voting. Um, yes. But he, he also, he and, uh, you know, Republicans like to claim that there's a, uh, a large instance of voter fraud yes. in the country. And says that with mail-in voting, you can mail in your vote... And then, you know, in places that have both mail-in voting and polling stations, you can mail in your vote and then go to the polling station and, and vote there, too. And, you know, unless they have a robust uh, thing, uh, you know, you can vote twice. And so he was in North Carolina this morning. And mm-hmm. what do you think he told his supporters to do? Um, I'm, I'm guessing that he was, quote, unquote, joking are, quote, joking, unquote. Uh, But he told them to do that exact thing. He did tell them to do that exact thing, which in and of itself is a felony. And (laughs) every morning when you read the headline, Trump commits a felony, you're just like, you know what? We live in such weird times that the president can outright commit a felony by, you know, a state that's not just a state law. But it is a state law in, in North Carolina where, you know, voting twice or telling someone to vote twice is a felony. Um, yeah, it just it just it just water off a duck's back for this guy, you know. Yeah. Uh, the- yeah. And and also, so uh, Bill Barr, the attorney general, was on CNN, and Wolf Blitz Wolf Blitzer basically asked them, "Is it legal to vote twice?" What do you think Bill Barr's answer to that was? Well, it depends on who you're voting for. <laughs> well, that's I think the subtext, but uh, what he basically yeah. what he said was, "I don't know." Wow! And like you're the attorney general, that's something you should know. Here's the crazy thing: uh, whenever somebody says Bill Barr, I immediately first think of Bill, Bill Burr. Burr. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and and then I'm like, and then I'm disappointed. I'm like, ah. I think Bill Uh, Burr would be a much better attorney general than Bill Barr. Bill Burr reminds me a little bit of Dennis Leary in that, like, there, you don't necessarily like him, but you respect the office, if that makes (laughs) sense. Like, he's, he, he doesn't shrink from, I think it was, uh, he was on, uh, the Joe Rogan show. Joe Rogan was trying to like the Joe Rogan experience. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Say something about masks and how, you know, people shouldn't wear them. And Bill Burr was just like, we're supposed to wear them right now. We're supposed to wear them. Yeah. I don't know. I find out. And I thought that was nice. I thought it was I a think good. I, I think I did see that clip where he, because I generally don't, I, I don't watch the Joe Rogan podcast. Uh, but I've started watching it. Um, and then I stopped when I started doing this language thing. <laughs> Part of the reason why I'm doing this language thing. Is to keep but, from watching uh, Joe Rogan? Well, not so much to keep from watching Joe Rogan, but I was like, I'm doing this. Why? Why am I? This is a symptom of, of <laughs> yeah, me of needing something else in my life. Yeah, yeah. But I think I, I mean I, I, don't... I, I did see that clip where where Rogan basically doesn't put up with anybody's crap. I'm sorry, yeah. Bill Burr. Or, or Bill Burr doesn't Bill Burr. put up with anybody's yeah. crap. And well, here's the thing. In his in his defense, Joe Rogan uh, sometimes walks people back too. Uh, he'll be like, "Are you really saying this? Think about what you're saying. Is this what you mean?" And lots of times they'll be like, well, I don't know, maybe, yeah. maybe not. There was an NRA guy on uh, who was talking about um, John Oliver. Oh, God. Um, and about how John Oliver didn't cover his, his show. So John Oliver had a segment on NRA TV. And yeah. uh, the guy was saying that you know, he didn't cover my show at all. And Joe Rogan said, well, as a black man, maybe you don't fit the narrative that he's trying to tell. Uh, and and that may not be his fault. You know, that's a writer's room. That's a... And, and, as, and as a white guy, he maybe doesn't want to be seen as the liberal dude attacking the black man who had... Liberal white dude, that's what he said. Liberal white dude attacking the black man... Right. who has a show on NRA TV. And the guy said, I don't think he's white. And Joe Rogan huh? was like, yeah. Yeah. And so he, he took time out of the conversation to like show a picture of him and go, yeah, man, this is. And he suggested that maybe he was thinking of the daily show. And he was like, no, I'm not thinking of the daily show and all that. And I'm overly sensitive. And I think it's possible that the confusion that the guy on the show had was that John Oliver was Jewish and not necessarily a white guy. But I don't know that to be a fact. I don't know what else he would have thought John Oliver I'm, what what other demographic he unless he hadn't not, seen him he's not white he's British but he said well that was, <laughs> that was the other thing because he said that he watched the show so I don't know what other part of confusion he would have had so Joe Rogan did not if that was like a weird dog whistle thing Joe Rogan didn't take it yeah you know um, but but yeah, uh, I don't. I don't necessarily need to talk about that show as much. But here's the thing: I like Joe Rogan more than most people that I know. I think it's because I really liked him on news radio. I, <laughs> I was a paranoid conspiracy theorist at the time that he was a character, and I felt, I felt like that was some representation gotcha. that I didn't see on a lot of other shows. Why do you like that character? And he looks like me. And also the 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 fact that uh, when Alex Jones has been on his show, too, he's pushed back, which is I think uh, important. But doesn't he also have some some crazy conspiracy theory beliefs about like the moon landing or the Holocaust? Has he not said things like that? Probably. I, I want to say I'm that sure I'm avoiding has. Joe well, Rogan because I've read some things about. His beliefs that I'm like, all right, I don't need to go near that crazy. This is this is one of the things that I've noticed. This is just again my experience watching the show. It's not necessarily that he believes things, but that his guests will bring things up and he won't necessarily challenge them. 
which I don't think of as the same thing because I do it myself in my own personal life. Yeah, but I think he's, uh, I, as far as the moon landing is concerned, I think he has voiced skepticism about that. Uh, well, okay. Let's get into it for just a second, Ben. <laughs> okay. I I think it's possible. I th- I don't I don't necessarily Are think you going to say true. that you're a moon landing denier? No. No. Okay. But there was a moon landing that did not get broadcast and alternate footage was used. Not the first moon landing. There was a later moon landing where that actually happened, where they didn't have the footage, and they and they had to show. They ran a rerun of the footage. moon landing. It wasn't of the moon. You know, there different different channels did different things. You can look it up online. It's a it's a real thing. Um, I think people might have gotten their wires crossed a little bit on that. I, also, I will look this up because it, I've it, never heard of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, check it out. Uh, one of the cameras wasn't broadcasting, and they had to vamp, basically. Uh, I, some people used, like, a puppet, I think. Other people used footage from something else. It was all... I I really think that those two things kind of messed up. Also, there's a... There's a, a movie... O.J. Simpson was in it. Uh, where these... These people were supposed to be landing on Mars, and it turns out that they didn't land on Mars, and they were trying to kill them, to silence them for the idea that they uh, that the Mars landing was fake, and I think that kind of got in people's consciousness as well. But but it, but none of this none of this excuses the the people going up to Buzz Aldrin and saying you know you're a you're a big fraud. Yeah, the other thing I think uh, is that it's possible that they did film a fake moon landing to use in case the real moon landing uh, did not work. Same way that they did on this later one. Well, I don't. Does that make sense? I, I that does make sense. I don't know if they did that, but I do know that Nixon had a speech written in the event that the uh, uh, Neil Arm, uh, yeah, Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and Michael Collins died either on the way yeah. or on the way back. So, so as mm-hmm. as an example, there there could be a guy who truthfully did like deliver weed to the place where they were filming a fake moon landing or whatever. The thing you know about what I mean? the, like the thing about that is now the in 1969, I don't know when like when the last moon landing was 75, 74 maybe. So I don't know when this happened, but in 19 Scorpio 1, I think it was called something like that. All right, go ahead, what? sorry. It wasn't an Apollo Nin- mission? No, no, no. I I'm talking about the uh I think it was called Scorpio One, something like that. the The movie. Oh, the movie uh, with oh, OJ Simpson. <laughs> I'm like, I've never heard of the Scorpion program. Um, in 1969, we did not have the technology to film a faked moon landing. Oh, that's there's a there are people who say that that is untrue. Uh, film professional people. That's where you get. This is. There's this also is one film of the professional things. people that say that we didn't have the capability to 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 film a faked moon landing. Yeah, there there are people who watch the alien autopsy and say, ah, this can't be a special <laughs> effect. I'm gonna put a you video know, in the show notes of a, of something that I've watched of a dude who goes through the moon landing. Uh, and this yeah. is this is Apollo Eleven. This is the first one that landed on the moon. It doesn't talk about yep. any of the other ones except the one that people are like, "This one is fake." Yeah. Now, so, maybe technology, maybe film technology or video playback has you know maybe took a, a, a an exponential leap into in in technology uh, between 1969 and 1973, 74 to where that could be possible. I don't know. I guess the the question is. And I know this sounds weird, but can you believe extraordinary things that are also true? I have that ability, and therefore the moon landing being real does not seem 
that far-fetched to me. I feel like some of these conspiracy theories, the concept of actually landing on the moon is more difficult for someone to believe than a vast conspiracy to fake it. Well, the because a vast conspiracy to fake it is something that they can wrap their brain around. You know what I mean? We're it's also, a weird thing. We're also looking at this vast conspiracy to fake it in our modern context, right? And in, in we're looking at our I'm going to go back to the technology. We're looking at we're looking at our modern technology saying, "Yeah, of course you could fake going to the moon because that would be easy." Um, and so in the, you know, in the future, when we talk about other, uh, controversial things, there's going to be more tech, there's going to be more context in the future to say, oh yeah, of course they, uh, of course the Berlin wall didn't come down because they just, they just, uh, projected what was on the other side of it, uh, you know, via holograph and, uh, people could just, you know, freely walk through it, but it's still there. People are still staying on their own side of, you know, East and West Berlin. Yeah. I'm, I'm shaking my head. Yes. Along with what you're saying, this is the reality war that I was talking about earlier when you and I are old men and, and probably not too far from now, there's going to be a time <laughs> when evidence of any sort uh, is not going to be enough to convince somebody that something happened. Microsoft, because uh, this week, said that they're developing a tool that can identify deep fake videos. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the thing. That's what's going to happen, is you're going to get, it's it's going to be like radar detectors. You know, you used to work for a car place. Yeah. The new radar detector comes out, and then the new radar comes out, and then the new radar detector comes out, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah. There, there will be people who don't trust the thing that is supposed to prove that the thing is real. The, the, I, I feel as though there's a tipping point, like a ratio. And once you cross it, once the stuff that fakes things becomes commercially available to any end user, we're going to reach a point where it won't matter what's really true anymore it's going to matter what's officially true and uh, at that point in time i won't be crazy anymore because uh i'll be in the same boat as everybody else i'm wondering if there's something and... that we believe today um that to you know a future generation you know maybe within our lifetime or past our lifetimes that they'll look back on that and think that we were either uh, just naive, or I don't want to say crazy, or uh, um, overly spiritual, maybe, to believe such a thing. Like, we look at certain civilizations or cultures that think that taking your picture steals your soul, you know? Right, right. Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, I mean, we have that already with uh, people who believe in horoscopes, right? There are some people who believe it and other people who think that they're crazy. Yeah. Right? You think about that sort of thing. And, um, you know, uh, the many worlds theory, uh, quantum computing, all that kind of stuff. Um, depending on how it works, it might be seen as, uh, you know, this crazy superstitious idea that we had or... The idea that we thought there was only one world world will yeah. be looked at as people who thought the Earth was flat. And when I say looked at like people who thought the Earth was flat, uh, this has been brought up by, I think, Jennifer Factchecker before, um, that no one actually thought the world was flat. The idea back when we thought the world was flat uh, was hearkening to a time that wasn't actually a thing. <laughs> And yet, look um, how it's pervaded our own, you know, certain members of our yeah. own civilization. Exactly. Now we now we believe it, which is uh, crazy. But but that goes that goes back to um, you know with me, uh, simulation theory is the is the great leveler, right? Because when it all comes down to it, like okay, uh, Finland. Right? Have you heard the the Finland doesn't exist thing? 
I've heard that birds aren't real, but I've not heard that Finland doesn't exist. Okay, so uh, this might be uh, there are people who believe the Earth is flat thing, but you can find those people, and you can find these people too. Uh, there are people who believe that the area designated as Finland is actually the ocean. And that Finland was made up during uh, Finnish independence, which I believe was in the 50s, I want to say, um, to allow Japan to fish in the area that Finland is supposed to be in. And that the fish that Japan gets from there is listed on their manifest as Nokia phones, <laughs> which explains why Finland... Uh, has all these exports to Japan of Nokia phones, even though people in Japan don't use them. Uh, all this is in, not even in quotes. This is with a big eye roll thing. Um, and that people uh, who think they're in Finland are actually, you know, because there are people who think that they live in Finland. I've met people who think they're Finnish. Live in uh, other places, like... Uh, Norway and parts so of Russia are they and things all like that. In on it, or are they delusional? No, no, they're they're like imagine if you will, then that you and I right now, as we're speaking, are actually only about five miles away from each other. <laughs> hey, you should come over. There's, there's <laughs> exactly, there's an island, and you're on the coast of the island, and I'm in the middle of the island where I can't actually see the water. Uh, so maybe larger than five miles, but the uh, but the idea that all of the United States is actually much smaller than we think it is. Yeah. I right. Got, yeah. 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 That's that's kind of the concept here. Um, I I find it uh, not offensive necessarily, but um, there there are some things about Finnish culture uh, and stories about Finland during World War Two, for example. Um, how they held off the Russian army and things like that, that this sort of uh, belittles in a way that I don't like. Um, you know, uh, so sometimes conspiracy theories can be uh, offensive, I think. And the proud Finnish people being told that they don't exist is a little crazy. Right. In my opinion. It's also like... It's it, they're offensive because they're meant to prey on people who are like easily convinced of things, you know, otherwise known as the gullible. Um, yes, and you know, but I'm, I'm I don't want to say that everybody who believes that Finland doesn't exist is a gullible, gullible moron, but I mean that's the that's the um, power of the internet these days, right? And and the thing is that people say, well, and the reason they call it Finland is an inside joke because of fish. They have Finns, it's Finland. <laughs> there you go. Whereas the Finnish people call Finland Swami, which doesn't have anything to do with, you know what I mean? It's, right. Ah! Uh, Germany, Deutschland, whatever. Yeah, exactly. United States, um, it's Unis. I, I do like lists, and one of the lists I like is what the people of countries call themselves. Yeah. This is kind of fun. I feel like. <laughs> um, I, oh, oh! by the way, uh, recommendation for music. Yeah. Uh, if you want to hear a weird Arabic singing band, uh, there's a band called Soap Kills. And Soap Kills is... Uh, Sounds like another conspiracy just, theory. It's not necess- it's not what you would think about when you think of the term Arabic music. <laughs> but it's it's interesting. Oh yeah, also speak- so also speaking of music, uh, one of our favorite artists has a new uh, EP coming out in September. Yeah. You know we're we're talking about the same thing. It's uh Mike Dowdy and Scrap Livingston. Yeah. What's his first name? Andrew. Uh, Andrew Scrap Livingston. Andrew Scrap Livingston. Uh the, who used to play together? We saw them in concert uh, during Mike Doty's skittish days. Is they, that they, right? They Is still that... play together. I went to go see. I went to go see Doty uh, at the Crocodile about a year ago, and Scrap was playing. Oh with. man! They they, it, they yeah. played Ruby Vroom. 
from start to finish. It was it was one of the better Doty concerts. Oh, that that sounds great. Uh, how did it How did it sound? Sounded pretty good. It's that you know it it, it so. As you and I know, he uh, Mike Doughty created a uh, uh, he covered Soul Coughing albums, and he basically like um, it. It wasn't a very like faithful cover album, right? He reimagined yeah. the songs. This was sort of like in between. It was very faithful with some flourishes, but it was all very enjoyable, and I really liked it. I would go oh, see it again great. if he toured it again. So it's called the, is it the, what is it, the something of room? What was it's, it called? It's the Ghost of Room. Ah, there you go. Yeah. And and uh, so, yeah, I I saw the, the, the lyric video yeah. of the song Rona Polona. Yeah. Um, I... I will I will say my my one kind of misgiving about Rona Polona is that it's it's very much like um okay uh are you familiar with Firesign Theater the com- the comedy yeah uh okay so they're great right they're they're really wonderful Monty Python same sort of thing really great really wonderful but I'm listening to it 20 years after it was made <laughs> Right. Yeah. Listening to Ghost of Room now, talking about stuff that's happening right now instead of stuff that's happening, you know, ten years ago or whatever, is a little jarring to me. And that's also one of the things where I was because I read an article where he talked about this, and the whole EP is is coronavirus. I don't want to say themed, but influenced. Yeah. And yeah, I, I am. I do not want to watch to listen to to read coronavirus art right now yeah don't need it exactly and um, that but one of the one of the things that i found interesting interesting is that there's this article i can't remember what uh publication i read it in but um he actually approached the other members of soul coughing for this project and apparently was apparently was rebuffed so he's like all right andrew and i are gonna do it yeah, and I could see I could see why they might not want to. Well, if they read his book. <laughs> yeah. They're like, "Oh, do you need to write a new book about how we still suck or whatever?" I yeah. I don't mean to. You know, but they are people. I the one guy I feel bad about is the keyboardist cuz Dowdy's whole thing was about how he cared too much about what his mom thought, I think. Wasn't it his mom or was it his girlfriend? There is something like he needed uh, this older or more powerful female person to make his decisions for him. This is the uh, the keyboardist. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't remember that I part fr- actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was too bad when I read it. I felt, <laughs> you know, as somebody who who relies on other people to manage me sometimes, <laughs> it was a little depressing. Oh, speaking about uh, a little depressing. Hey, Benny. <laughs> Betty! <clears throat> you know we're going to be going to uh, one of the these... comic book store. Oh, good. Because uh, we days... went to the comic book store, and I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. One of these days, she's going to listen to all these and put together a supercut of all the times that you introduced her. Yeah, maybe so. Speaking of, hey Betty, if you're doing that right now, uh, whoa, man, <laughs> whoa, uh, man. No, so, so we. Uh, yeah, we planned on going to the comic book store. We went to the comic book store, and I forgot to bring my check. Not my checkbook, my uh, wallet ah. with me. So they're holding stuff for us, so we got to go and get it. What did so you get? That's, what did you pick up? Um, I got a comic book, and she got a stuffed animal. And the comic book is something magic something. The magic circle, maybe. I. It's a It's a Mark Millar comic. Okay. Uh, has the word magic in it. Hey, Betty! Hey, everybody! Uh, guess what's happening? What's happening? Nothing new! Goodbye! Hey, uh, question. Is your mom back yet? No! Okay, Goodbye. so... Yep, yeah, so Ben, uh, <laughs> Betty and I are gonna, uh, take off and go to that store. Um, Does Jennifer have in keys? Like, uh, I hope so. Because <laughs> last week, uh, she was locked out. Was she? Yeah, you had to go let her did in. Did that happen? Oh yeah, I did have to go let her in, didn't I? 
Boy, that's a question. Well, if you're well, at we'll the comic see what book happens. store and she comes home and can't get into her own house. Oh, man. And then what if she listens to this and she hears us discussing it and me saying, <laughs> she'll be fine. <laughs> she, oh, she doesn't have a regular phone with her either. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, well, on that note, <laughs> Ben. Is it time I to end? Su- it is time to just, end. What? I was just yeah. looking to see if it was time to end. It is time to end, and I suggest you keep it wrong, sir. All right. You better keep it wrong, too, or I'll have words with you. All right. Uh, and I'll I'll take those words and jumble them up and arrange them on the refrigerator in a haiku fashion. <laughs> and I'll see your haiku and raise you as my very own. Hey. That's hold a, it right there. That's a, <laughs> that's a joke I heard from Paul Goody. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Hey, uh, hold it over here. Okay, I'll talk to you later, Ben. <laughs> All right, talk to you later. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Room tone.